0: Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. This is episode four uh, with Jeremy Evans and I am Mike Adams. Michael Blair Adams. Um, we're glad to be back with you. It's been two weeks. Uh, we, uh, just a reminder, this podcast is where Mike and I discuss uh, all things mold as much as we can think of we draw from research we draw from most well largely from personal experience, lots of trial and error, lots of being inside people's homes thousands of customers yeah thousands of houses and just and I think that's the science is great too, and that informs a lot of what we do but I think honestly a lot of the the most value that we can offer comes from being in homes. I agree. I doing agree. a treatment, yeah. Yeah. coming back later and sit, have, the cu- have the customer say, well, this didn't, I'm still feeling sick yeah. or. Like still smell something. I still smell something, something, something. or yeah. something's off and, and yeah. then tinkering with it. And then, and then combining that with what we already know in science about mold and mold spores. And I think, I think that's where, I think that's where a lot of the value we can offer comes from. Most of your experience, Mike. I always say that. So, anyways, we just to recap. We talked about mycotoxins last time, and uh, we didn't get through nearly as much material as we wanted to, but we did kind of do a nice introduction to mycotoxins. And of course, after you do a, a podcast about, about mycotoxins, you, it's on your mind for the next week or two. Mm-hmm. And you sent me a couple of texts or at least one where you had another insight and then just before this podcast, we were talking about mycotoxins and you had another insight. And so before we get into today's topic, I'd like to, and it and it fits well with everything we've said, um, I'd like you to share Mike about this little insight you've had about mycotoxins, because I think you're spot on.
0: Well, it's actually, let me, let me, uh, start with, um, and I meant to say this in the podcast last time, but I, I just got sidetracked. Um, I do think I do have a theory that a lot of times traditional mold um people um even mold doctors to a certain extent do not understand how bad
1: mold testing is it's mm.
0: it's terrible
1: um we addressed that two podcasts ago yeah, we the, did. the downfalls yeah. of yeah. all the testing and so methods. I
0: I believe this I believe that a lot of times what happens is somebody will have traditional mold remediation accomplished and the test will show the home is clean well the patient takes that report to the doctor says doc they say my house doesn't have any uh, spores floating around anymore I'm still good but why do I still feel terrible I think it's an easy I think it's an easy not a not an out for a doctor but it's, it's easy for them to just say well it could be the mycotoxins they didn't do anything for the mycotoxins where I believe that nine times out of 10, there's still mold in that house. And, yeah. and I don't think it's just the mycotoxins. There still is mold in that house. They got a clean report, but we all know reports are terrible. So I just, I think that's an, an important thing to, to realize. Mycotoxins are very, very tough to, to test. And so it's an easy out when you're trying to explain, well, why do I still feel crappy when I just had mold re- remediation?
1: Yeah, I think that's a valid point. And, uh, yeah, I just shared with you, but just last week I took an air test in front of some mold again Yeah, and it came back according to how we measure healthy mold levels. And, and from my experience, we have a very high standard of, of, you know, mold, mold sport counts in homes. It has to be very low to be considered good for us. And it was even within that range. And it was right in front of a patch of fresh fresh mold. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, I just think I can see how people don't understand the downfalls of mold testing. They see a clean air test. And just like you said, well, there's no mold spores in my house. So it must be the mycotoxins that are floating around. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I could take a mold test tomorrow in that house and maybe have some crazy high numbers. Yeah,
0: you could have taken one a few hours from when you took it. And you're going to have crazy different different numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's so a great just, thought.
0: Yeah, really, really inconsistent. And um, so the other thought I had was it dawned on me. A lot of times people say, Yo, well, you got rid of the mold, but the mycotoxins are still there. You got to do something about the mycotoxins. Well, back to what I believe, what I said before, I still think there's still a lot of mold in that home. If there's a lot of mycotoxins, I believe there's still a lot of mold. But I started thinking about the mycotoxin thing where we talked about a little bit um that a lot of times if you truly do get rid of all the mold in your home the mycotoxins will disperse yeah into just the mixture of the air um there's a term out there called the solution to pollution is dilution um so i believe that happens a lot that the mycotoxins will just disperse but you got to take care of the mold problem yeah um but it dawned on me the other day I was at my daughter's house in St. Louis and they had a gas leak. And they came out and fixed the gas leak. But uh-huh. I thought to myself, Where 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 are the people saying you fixed the leak, but you still have gas in that house? What are we gonna do about that? Yeah. You know, and, and methane has gotta be not great for you to breathe in all the yeah. time. So I, I I think there's some good just common sense logic of the solution by by uh, mixing in the fresh air.
1: Yeah. So what you're saying is uh, when someone has a gas leak, get it they get it fixed. They're not complaining about the residual gas that was in the house. Right. Or they
0: may they may, but there certainly aren't health care practitioners saying you still have methane yeah floating around in your in your house. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure everyone gets the leak fixed and then opens the doors and windows for right. 15, 20 minutes. Exactly. And then they're yeah. good. Right. So
0: right. If you So I'm not I'm not trying to to diminish the importance or the dangers of mycotoxins at all yeah. but i am saying that if you still have high levels of mycotoxins in your home i believe you still have mold somewhere in the
1: home yeah. yeah yeah if you have mycotoxins you have mold yeah and it very well could be that that air test you took you know there's still mold in the home you yeah. took the air test and 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 maybe you're right there are mycotoxins because that test wasn't very accurate right. yeah so yeah those are very very valid points. Um, and we plan to revisit mycotoxins again. I think, obviously, that's a really important topic. As, we, as you talked about last time, that's often what makes people feel really, really sick. I like to share fresh examples uh, from from my work. I'm, I'm out in people's homes every day. And just just uh, last week, a guy was getting major headaches. Uh, he even had a test four years ago, came back normal. Um, he explained some leaks and things that had been happening that had happened years ago in his house um we did a treatment oh uh, well i did a te- before test and then a treatment just last week before test showed 13 counts of stachybotrys just on a again a very imperfect air test right yeah if it catches a lot of stachybotrys you know that makes me worry sometimes because with how fickle they are that could mean there's even more that than house that
0: house is loaded that yeah. could be loaded it could with, be yeah yeah yeah, and Or sta- it could be you happen to pick the exact correct three-foot-by-three-foot section of air that all the stacky were having a convention Yeah, at one time, <laughs> and you got them all right there.
1: <laughs> a stacky party. <laughs> yeah, so worst-case scenario, when you do catch something very toxic like stacky botrys or katomium, worst-case scenario, you picked the worst spot of the house. Right. And yeah. so uh, it doesn't bode well, meaning... You probably didn't catch the worst spot in the house, and it's it's probably worse in other parts. Meaning, it's not good on your health. Well, we did we did a treatment that uh, addressed the whole health of the home, mm-hmm. that addressed the mold load on the home, mm-hmm. all these pockets and factories of mold that you talked about in episode one. And uh, I just called him yesterday after we got the, the the before test back, saying, "Man, this you had a lot of stacky." Yeah, and he said. I went, I, I got home that night and uh, where I'd normally expect to get headaches in my house, no headaches. Yeah. So yeah. I think, especially when you're dealing with stacky, it probably is the mycotoxins that are p- causing these issues. Mm-hmm. And to your point, you address the the, the mold issue. Right. Um, and he did say you had to kind of air out the house because we did some stuff that kind of, you know, caused, caused some smell in there and yeah. it was safe, but it he said he aired out the house, and he said he was feeling yeah. good that night. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I think more times than not, if you're still suffering, I would not, I would not fall for the argument. Well, I I took care of the mold. We just got to figure out how to get rid of these mycotoxins. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't fall for that. You, there's still mold in that home.
1: Yeah, and 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 that's even an, another angle on it is, I had a traditional treatment. They took care of it. Uh, so the mold's gone. So it must right. be mycotoxins. Right. Yeah. And, right. and so, I guess with what we're saying here is, no, it's probably, and this actually duct really well into what we're going to talk about yes, today. Perfect, as we, if we planned it. As if we planned it, yeah. but we really didn't. Yeah. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, there's still mold in the home, and so we are going to dive into this much more deeper. If if we could put a topic to our podcast today, it would be the the pitfalls and the the downfalls of traditional mold remediation. Yeah. Um. Now, this to, as a disclaimer, this is not to bash on anything no, no, in no, any way. Sure. Um, yeah. We're all doing the best we can in the mold remediation world yep. to help everyone. Yep. And um, and there's a lot of benefits to the, mold, the traditional mold remediation. And
0: that, yeah, and there are some really, really good companies out there.
1: Yeah, and there's great uh, companies, and they do good things. and uh, But you have to be really careful. Um, I can't tell you how many times I do a treatment where the customer has had a traditional treatment yeah. and they're still feeling sick and they're still having symptoms. And, um, and then we come in and we have to do kind of a, a full home treatment to take right. care of the issue. Yeah. So,
0: so yeah, so we can, we could dive into well, the steps they go
1: through. Yeah. Let's dive into, yeah. Cause I think, okay. I don't think the average person knows what, what is a traditional mold remediation treatment look like. Right. And that'll kind of tell us what, what yeah, the downfalls well, are. Well,
0: first of all, um, I would I would guess most of their work is they're responding to a flood right yeah. or a leak or something the customer has has got water in their basement or water somewhere
1: and you're you're traditional mold remediation certified you're a yes. certified uh-huh. contractor correct yeah okay yeah
0: i am i've been i've been fully trained on how to uh, duct tape plastic
1: yeah yeah I'm as a guy yeah yeah <laughs> It's a rigorous uh, certification yes, process in the U.S. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> so anyway, um, they'll respond to a flood, and and so what they will typically do is say, "Okay, we got to get this the water stopped first, obviously." Yeah. And then we got to get this dried out, and so they'll bring in fans to start to dry things out. They may or may not um, cordon off that area with plastic contain that area. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't.
1: During the dry during out the dry phase.
0: out why they're blowing fans on it to dry it out.
1: What what determines whether they would or wouldn't?
0: I, I you know, I I've never seen any rhyme or reason. I think some companies just maybe know that they should mm-hmm. and some don't think it's that important. I think there's a danger in not containing it with fans and that you're going to spread spores throughout the house even more than what they already are.
1: Yeah. Because so. 'cause I've heard, you know, they they say it takes 24 to 48 hours. The EPA does yeah. before a mold uh, so still water can start mold yeah. growth, and so unless you jump on it that second, right? It's gonna you be know, tough. Yeah. If you if you waited a day or so, yeah, that fan is just blowing stuff around. Yeah. So I agree. I think cordoning off better safe than sorry. Better right? safe than
0: sorry. So that's what they'll do. They'll they'll uh, they'll use duct tape and and thick plastic and cord not that entire area. Sometimes they even they even make a. Like, uh, I can't remember what they called. I spent a week in Texas in a class learning how to do this. And I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, an entryway to go into the to yeah. the, um, cordoned off area. And uh, so once they get that done, at that point, assuming things are dried out, they'll start to tear out, right? Mm-hmm. They will tear out anything they think was wet or has mold on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I always thought it was funny that it's... 2020 and we're still teaching guys how to make sure they put it in a bag and use the twisty tie so that those spores can't get out mm-hmm. i think that's funny
1: it's an important part of in that. this
0: day and age yeah yeah so anyway you'll you'll double bag the stuff whatever you're taking out say you're taking out some sheetrock, you're going to double bag that and then twisty tie it um <laughs> they don't specify how many times you should twisty it
1: There's no regulation on that? No regulations
0: at all, which I think is just just a wild, wild west. (laughs) We don't know how many times they're twisting. Anyway, they twist it, and then they're going to drag it through the house and take it out to their truck and throw it away. At that point, um, they've probably got the fans turned off. They're going to start to rebuild everything. They may or may not spray something into... So say we're using, as an example, a basement wall. Mm -hmm. They've torn out the sheetrock where it was wet or soap mold yeah. or any kind of damage. Yeah, You may or may not have mold on those 2x4s. I about guarantee you, you do, but they may or may not spray something in there. Um, a lot of times they spray
1: stuff that's not great for your health as well. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll cut out the sheetrock, but they typically won't cut out the 2x4s. The no. Yeah, right. So to... To address the mold that may or may not be on there, they'll use some sprays. Yeah,
0: they'll use some. Yeah, some sometimes toxic, sometimes not great stuff at all. Um, I've I've talked to a number of healthcare practitioners uh-huh. that have told me, look, I'm afraid to call a traditional mold guy because the stuff they use is worse on my patient than the mold in yeah. the first place. So, yeah. yeah. They they may or may not use some pretty nasty stuff to to uh, kill it. In fact, we should we should jump into this right away. Anybody that tells you that they are going to spray bleach on those two by fours, run away from those guys. That yeah bleach is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows you don't use bleach for mold remediation. Yeah,
1: it doesn't, uh, and especially on something like a two by four that's porous, bleach yeah, does not, you know, not do well with porous surfaces. Yeah. It's not approved for that. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's kind of a misnomer. I still go into I can't tell you how many homes I go into where people say bleach
0: well i grew up i grew up thinking just bleach bleach it it, bleach it it'll kill it yeah
1: yeah and it definitely makes it look like you killed it (laughs) yeah you feel great yeah it's almost like it like you said it's almost like it bleaches it it's it's a lot like it bleaches it you can't really see it after you do it which is why i think you know there's that why people think oh yeah bleach will take care of it But
0: and then and then they always say "I, i killed it but it grew back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would submit that it was never dead if it grew back.
1: Well even the even the 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 best uh you know professional industrial grade mold stain removers they only certify you know on their labeling it says may you know will remove m- remove mold stain for up to yeah, 30 it, days or something.
0: It could control mold. Could con- I don't know what the control word means but yeah. some of them say for that controlled mold, yeah.
1: Yeah, cuz a lot of them A lot of them remove the stain, but you've got to use other methods and and ways to get rid of the actual To truly sterilize. Yeah. Truly kill place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, to take it a little bit farther, so they'll start to rebuild everything. Um, they leave the containment up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, while they're rebuilding everything, they may or may not run air scrubbers, but at the conclusion of the rebuild, they will run air scrubbers for sometimes two, three days. The idea is that any contaminants that would have escaped during the twisty tie process or during the tear-out process, um, we want to make sure we catch those in our air scrubber, right? Well,
1: and may I add, when you spray mold, like if they're going to spray 2 by 4s yeah. the reason that's so discouraged, it's kind of what we've talked about earlier. Anytime you aggravate mold it's gonna spore out. Right. If you yeah. spray mold, you may even if you use a nice product that kills mold, yeah, you might get, you know, may even get like five hundred thousand of oh, them. Yeah. It's and incredible then miss four hundred million of them. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> that's how many mold spores can be encompassed yeah. in a very small space, right. right? So spraying it definitely aggravates things yes. and it'll spread yeah. it out into that containment, right? Yep.
0: Yep. So yeah. they'll run the air scrubbers for three or four days. Um I'll tell you a funny story. Um I was down in Texas taking a class to become a Texas mold contractor. Week long, week long class. Yeah. And uh, I have a lot of funny stories from that week. But on on Thursday of that week, and and mind you, I was in the class with about twenty five other guys, all from traditional mold remediation world. Yeah. Right. So when I when I told them who I was, it was kind of like, Ugh, we don't like this guy at all. But um, we started to to kind of get to be pretty good friends by the end of the week. Yeah, And I would kind of harass them a little bit, but we spent an entire day learning how to cordon off an area to, and we did a mock tear out, a mock rebuild with everything still cordoned off. Mm-hmm. Then we did a mock air scrubber with everything um, cordoned off still. Mm-hmm. And then the instructor says, okay, at this point, you this may be two or three days that you scrub the air. Now we go in and test to make sure we did our job. <laughs> and I just, just because I am who I am, um, kind of a smart aleck. I said, well, don't we want to take down the plastic before we test? And it was almost like four or five guys all at the same time, no, no, you can't, Mike. And they said, why, why can't we do that? They said it won't pass. And I said to them, exactly. That's what I've been trying to show you guys all week, you know, during yeah. breaks and whatever. But yeah. yeah, they they do not address the health of the home. Yeah. They are just spot treating That area. And so that's why a lot of times it uh it's in my mind to test an area that is cordoned off with plastic, has been scrubbed for three days, take a test, the test comes back clean, and to tell that customer your house is safe, that to me is disingenuous. You don't you don't know if the house is safe or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because that air scrubber, I mean, it's it's arguable that if you had active mold growth within a contained space and just scrubbed it yeah for three days and then took a test right right at that three-day mark Mm -hmm. you'd have a clean test every time not because the mold itself was even resolved right but because
0: you're just actively scrubbing it you're just
1: scrubbing the air i mean just like an air purifier if you yeah if you keep that going really good you know yeah you'll have pure air until you turn it off yeah so
0: yeah and 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 it it helps them well two things help them um one is we know that the air quality tests are really flaky.
1: Yeah.
0: And so that, that plays in their advantage most of the time mm-hmm. on those after tests. They can say, Yep, we passed, everything's good. I know um the traditional guys I know, one of their bigger nightmares is okay, sometimes it doesn't pass. Yeah. And then what do you do now? Do we tear back into the wall or what on earth do we do?
1: Yeah. So
0: we get into more of that in a second. But okay. um yeah, so um, I lost my train of thought. I was talking about the um, traditional guys just when they corded it off. I don't know. It'll come back to me.
1: Okay. Well, maybe this will this won't spark a thought, but maybe while you're answering this question, it'll come back to you. Okay. So you cordon off. I like your story, by the way, in Texas.
0: Yeah, good story.
1: They don't want you to test outside of the containment.
0: No, it won't pass, Jeremy.
1: Which tells me that, which is good, it tells me that there's a basic understanding of how mold works. It spores out, uh, though the mold, visible mold, or the problem area is in this section, I know that other sections of the house are affected. Right. And it almost acknowledges that I didn't address those at the same time. It kind of
0: does, yeah. Yeah. It does.
1: Well, and this is an example, I can't remember if I've shared this, but I loved this example you gave to me once. Um, you actually, yeah, I think you used it in this context, but you used the example of bacon. Do you remember this example? I do, yeah. And uh, and maybe you could share it, actually. Because um, I think this is instructive on how really quickly and how pervasive a mold spore can be within seconds.
0: Yeah, and, and so I, I think as a country, we all, for the most part, think that if I have mold in my home, it's just where I can see it, Yeah. right? It's just where it's manifesting itself. There's so much mold built up in that spot. That's my problem. And very few people realize that, no, that's probably a symptom of a much bigger problem. You have an overall mold. Could we say load? We could. An overall <laughs> mold load many problem in the house. And so to illustrate how quickly mold spores can travel throughout the air, I I tell people all the time, okay, do me a favor. Start cooking bacon in your kitchen. Tell me how fast you smell that at the far end of the house. It's yeah. within seconds. Yeah. And I'm sure bacon grease is a lot heavier particle than a mold spore. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, your air moves crazy, crazy fast. And it, it takes those spores throughout the whole house. Those spores will keep dancing around, bouncing off things until they find moisture than they're often going.
1: Yeah. It, I don't know why I never thought of this, but what makes when you smell anything, really, what you're really smelling is teeny little particles in the yeah, air. Yeah. Right? That's what a yeah. smell is. A little
0: VOC in there. Yeah.
1: A little VOC. Yeah. So, arguably when you're on the other side of the house, your mom's cooking bacon downstairs or wherever, you're just smelling little bits of bacon within just a few, you know, seconds, seconds. or even yeah. minutes, you know, of, of yeah. her cooking that. Similar, as soon as mold spores out, you know, the the problem is you can't smell many mold spores.
0: Yeah, and especially if it's just still in just the spore form floating around. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's got to really build up. Yeah, to start to smell a problem.
1: Yeah, and so especially you know we think of seconds, but think of these mold problems that maybe have been going for days, weeks, sometimes years. I mean, I can't tell you. I just sat at a house yesterday that a leak had been going on for years, and so um, I imagine. There's just mold spores everywhere oh, in the yeah. house after Absolutely. two years. Yeah, And, you know, we've talked about vents. I'm positive their uh, venting system is yeah. just chuck full of spores. And Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you can't smell mold spores, most of them, many of them. Uh, you know, that would be really – if we all smell a really strong smell every time a mold spore floated by, we would be much more sensitive to the mold load mold, of yes. our home. Uh-huh. So – yeah, I think that's a good example um in, in really showing how how important it is again, just that cordoning off that area and treating that mold is, is a big part of things. But it is and, comp-
0: and honestly there there are companies that are amazing at what they do. Yeah. Um, Paul Davis, for example. Yeah. Is a great company. Yeah. Um they they know what they're doing. Um I've I've I have i i do not think I've ever talked to um, anyone that has had a bad experience with Paul Davis, yeah. um, other mold remediators are not so great, but they're all trying to do what they've been taught, yeah. and I think they all have good intentions of fixing the mold problems. They just they lack the technology of being able to address the health of the entire home, yeah. and that's the that's the problem.
1: So, what you know, we talked, we we described the steps of traditional remediation, and 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 kind of, um. In that we've seen some of the downfalls. Do you see any other shortcomings of the way they approach the remediation?
0: Um. You know, it's it's just a uh, it's just a, a lack of understanding of what's going on in the home, mm-hmm. and, and I think even I'll, I'll tell you a funny story, is just to illustrate how poorly this entire problem is understood nationwide. I was at a. a industrial hygienist conference and they had breakout classes. We actually had a booth in the conference and they had breakout classes. And one of the classes was this so-called expert on mold remediation. And the class was mold remediation in a construction site, Mm. right? So he spent 20 minutes up on stage, had overheads, all types of stuff. He was giving you examples of what do you do if you're framing a home and all of a sudden all the studs in the framing have mold on them? He this, Now remember, this is, an, this is a hygienist conference, right? Indoor air hygienist conference. He showed overhead after overhead of the mixture you should use for bleach to go ahead and spray bleach. And I'm looking around at the other people in the class and, and I actually said to a lady next to me, is this really happening? And she says, I know, I can't believe it. So I went up to him after, mm. and I said, can you help me understand something? And and he was pretty gruff and a little short, older guy. And uh, I don't know why I had to say short. Or older, actually. Yeah. Anyway, give you a good visual. Short, older guy. Yeah. And uh, I said, help me understand why you're teaching to use bleach, where everybody that even kind of understands mold, knows that bleach is not the answer for mold remediation. And uh, he said, who are you? And I said, you know, I'm Mike, and I told him the company I was from, and he's like, oh yeah, I probably haven't said a lot of good things about, about you guys. And I said, well, probably you haven't, but I don't think you understand what we do. But I said, help me understand why you're still teaching to use bleach, because we know it doesn't work. And he kind of turned uh, turned away and started walking around, and or walking away, away, and he turned around and he said, send me the data. Do you got data? Send me the data. So it was funny because we spent the rest of that afternoon at the conference just shooting him um, link after link after link of police does not kill mold, police does not study show, police does not kill mold. Yeah. So he probably wasn't very happy with me by the end of the day, but that just gives you an idea of how just the entire country just does not understand the dynamics of, Mold and how to take care of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, so interesting. You know, you talked about uh, yeah. So I've I've worked with bleach, you know, in my in my work in Mm -hmm. my mold remediation work. I try to minimize any use of it, and I never use it to kill mold. Right. Uh, I've used it for visual appeal, and in fact, I just recently used a a bleach-based product in a crawl space where Mm -hmm. no one's ever going to be breathing, and I I felt good about that. Um. But man, I'll tell you what, I'm wearing a respirator, I'm wearing the suit, Yeah. and it's still, actually not not as much uh, this week, but I did a similar type thing in an attic uh, a month ago, and I don't know if I didn't have my respirator sealed, but by the end of that job, I was feeling weird. Yeah. It's I was feeling good. queasy. It's not good stuff, yeah. Uh, breathing, and it, I couldn't have been breathing in that much with my my heavy-duty respirator, but that That was the moment when I thought, we should not be using this stuff <laughs> this is not great stuff <laughs> this yeah. is not good stuff, especially you know we shouldn't make a regular practice of of you know bleach we 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 all know bleach when you aerosolize bleach, you know when yeah. you when you put it in the air too, especially and, and it becomes something you're breathing in, yeah, not just the fumes from you rubbing right. it on yeah. on a counter, but when you aerosolize it yeah. man that. Started to make me feel really weird yeah. inside.
0: Yeah, it's not great. It's not great.
1: And that's and, maybe that's not even the worst of what some remediators oh, might no, choose to no, use there's
0: some to, just,
1: to kill just mold. horrendous stuff yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, we, in fact, we had a licensee from our company in our office um, yesterday, and he was telling us that um, they had tried one of these products um, that are specifically made to control the mold. And he said he just dripped a little bit on his hand. And by the next morning, his hand had swollen. Oh, really? Yeah. He said, I, I figured out really quick, we should not be using this stuff. This is not good <laughs> stuff. So, they, yeah, you got to be careful with what you use. Really, yeah. really careful. You can, yeah. you can make a, a home that's really unhealthy from the mold become a home that's really unhealthy from the mold and the stuff they added yeah. to it. Yeah, because
1: yeah, so, a lot of that stuff doesn't break down easily. and it'll, Yeah. You know, yeah. You you wore the right PPE when you when you applied it, but some of that stuff hangs around for a oh, long yeah. time. yeah,
0: yeah, it leaves a residue on the surface, and that residue may continue to off gas for for years.
1: Yeah, for years and affect your yeah. yeah release VOCs yeah. which you were trying to get rid of with yeah. the mycotoxins. Can you address uh, in this vein household products? You know that maybe uh, a lot of people try to solve their mold problems by going to Home Depot. Yeah, are those yeah good or bad or I know yeah any thoughts yeah, I, there
0: you know it's um, oh that was remember when I said I lost my train of thought yeah that's what I was I was going to remember is oh. or I was going to tell you is that um, and now I just lost it again we're going to have to edit this out
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's it's real it's real so um, Home Depot
0: yeah Home Depot and the product products, products. Use, it'll come back to me anyway there are a number of products you can get like a Home Depot or Lowe's or the hardware store that are are pretty effective at bleaching out the mold. Yeah. Right. Um there's even a product called um concrobium that I think it's a decent product. It's yeah. it's relatively safe. But again, whenever you use products like that, you're addressing just one spot in the house. Yeah. You're not addressing the whole you can't yeah. you can't dip your whole home in a bucket of that stuff. Yeah. You know? And and nor can you spray that stuff everywhere yeah. in your home. So yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, again, it, a lot of times, if it's for aesthetics, the stuff you can get at the store is fine. Yeah. But as if you're sick from the mold, oh, that, it came back to me again. Okay, okay hurry, this is good. Hurry, yeah, <laughs> hurry, hurry. So, um, I was talking about traditional mold remediators benefit from cassettes not being great. Yeah. They also benefit from only about 25% of the population get really, really sick from mold. Oh, yeah. So... So, your odds are pretty good that somebody may not be sick at all and you left mold behind, or it may be only one person's and they'll never figure that out because yeah. everybody else in the, in the house is fine. Yeah. So, they benefit from those odds as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Boy, I'm glad I brought that all yeah. back together. Well,
1: yeah. man, we, we needed yeah. that. Yeah. Um, to your concrobium thought, I was, I was at a guy's house in uh, not about a half hour away from here, and he had his house fogged with concrobium. Oh, really? And so, as we talked about um, ways to address his mold situation, he's like, uh, you know, can can you, are you going to, is this, is this concrobium you're going to put all over my house? He was asking me yeah. as we talked about things. And I was like, no. He said concrobium left a film yeah, on everything yeah. in his whole house. Yeah, it will. And he had to wipe it off.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's more of a salt. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... I think it's relatively safe, but it yeah, is, it is safe.
1: Yeah. But it, it it leaves something behind yeah. that you have to take care of. Um, well, that's good, yeah, because I think uh, I think people go to Home Depot and they they see some of these things and they they think, oh, it, it is for mold, and it just I can take care of my mold problem with this. But yeah. then, if you're lacking a lot of the background knowledge, you might think I spray it on this patch of mold and I'm good, right? And so. Yeah. I think you have yeah. to be careful. I, I agree. I, I I buy stuff from Home Depot sometimes to remove yeah. stains or, or do other things, but I do it very much in the context of this is not addressing the mold issue in the home. It's it's maybe just Just aesthetics. Just yeah. aesthetics and yeah. making it look nicer and better. So yeah. um I think I think we've I think we've packed a good half hour's worth of podcasts. Yeah,
0: we've realized that Mike cannot uh hold a train of thought more than about 30 (laughs) seconds so it's been good for everyone
1: yeah (laughs) no i think this is good i i would say the majority of the population doesn't even know uh, what a a traditional mold remediation looks like so i i think it was helpful yeah get a picture of what what it's going to look like you know if 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 a, a traditional company comes in and and even for a customer maybe what things to ask your remediator come out of that like okay the molds here, but yeah, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a bad idea to inquire about, you know, could the rest of my home be of concern um, and keep that in mind. Yeah,
0: I did. There was a a horror story years ago that I, it was a a young couple in Bountiful, Utah, and they had hired a traditional mold remediator and they came in and tore out a wall, did the whole, you know, the whole twisty tie thing and uh, rebuilt the wall, took a test, Test showed still high levels of mold within the containment area. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I guess we're gonna have to tear it out and do it again. So they tore it out and did it again. Tore out the same thing same they wall. just put same in? Same exact wall.
1: <laughs> Their own wall that they put in? <laughs>
0: yeah, same exact wall, yeah. Oh, wow. And I think they sprayed something in it this time and put it all back together, took a test. Nope, still got, still have mold, right? Oh, wow. So then they talked the customer into saying, well, it's gotta be down the line somewhere from the containment area. And so they started tearing out more walls in the basement. But then they started tearing out part of the roof, or the ceiling of the basement,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and by then it had gone from like a four thousand dollar job to about a twenty two thousand dollar job, mm-hmm. and their insurance wasn't paying for it, and they were just at their wits end, upset with this. They thought they're gonna have to sell the house. They don't know how they can sell the house because it's got mold, and and yeah. anyway, they they got a hold of, of uh, us, and we were able to, able to go take care of it, pretty easily, but I explained to her the whole concept of. Look, the whole house has mold. If you have visible mold anywhere, you're going to have a mold load mm-hmm. in the home. And depending on how sensitive you are and depending on how long that home has been able to build upon that mold load, yeah, those are the variables. But, but you've got mold throughout the home, and it's got to be taken
1: care of. Yeah. Do you think the reason the test was failing within the containment, do you think it's because those spores, because even they used an air scrubber, I assume, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they used an air scrubber, but Do you think uh, it was in the carpets and the furniture and things? Yeah, absolutely, it could and, be. And yeah,
0: I mean, even a, even an air scrubber is not going to be perfect. Yeah, you know? sometimes
1: but, they can't yeah. suck it up as fast as it's coming out right. of the mold or wherever. Interesting. Well, we have many more tales of of mold treatments to come. We
0: have a lot of tales. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Look forward to those. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully hopefully you guys learned something. And, uh, oh, I should announce we have a a guest presenter. Um, I've talked to a very uh, famous doctor. A friend of the company's. friend of the company's, Dr. Pompa, if you want to look him up and anticipate that. But he, he, uh, we'll introduce him in the next podcast. But he um, started his journey getting sick with mold. Then he taught himself how to get well. And now he trains doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh he practiced for years. And now he trains doctors on how to help people with mold illness. And we've become friends with him over the last few months. We've treated some of his mold uh concerns in his own personal home. Mm-hmm. And he's a great guy. And I'm excited to have him on the show. Yeah, he's awesome. And I wanna learn I'm excited to learn from him from the health side of things. Uh, you know, he's gonna share some stuff on how to heal from mycotoxins and and for mold toxicity and things like that. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, he's great. He's yeah. great. So until then, we will talk to you guys later.
0: Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.